0: Hi, I'm Greg Schaefer, and welcome to the VCM Quick Strike for Monday, December 26, 2022. You a gambler? Maybe interested in this. Leading sports betting firm BetMGM discloses data breach. This comes to us from Bleeping Computer. An undisclosed number of customers apparently lost their data. At least they're saying undisclosed. The threat actors are saying 1.5 million plus. The personal information stolen. Could include names, contact information like postal and email addresses and phone numbers, dates of birth, hashed social security numbers, account identifiers, and information related to transactions with BetMGM. Now, BetMGM says that they discovered the um, threat, the hack rather, in November of 2022, but believe the breach occurred in May of 2022. The bad guys say that they have a database that is current as of November 2022. So perhaps the breach occurred in May and the threat actors had access during all of this time. The database quote is inclusive of every Bet MGM casino customer over 1.5 million as of November 22 from Michigan, New Jersey, uh, ONPV, and West Virginia. I'm not sure what ON and PV are. ON might be Ontario. Any customer that had placed a casino wager is included in this database, and they're saying that it's over 1.5 million records. They also claim to include data sets belonging to players from bed MGM casinos in New Jersey and, and um, Pennsylvania, as well as a master casino data set with information on customers from all states. So kind of interesting. They're not really saying exactly what the intrusion was, how it was accomplished, but it does sound like that it's rather large and also concerning that a casino would take six months to discover it. From InfoSecurity Magazine, the FBI has warned that cyber criminals are using search engine advertisement services to defraud the public. This is from an announcement that came out on December 21st and states that the threat actors are purchasing these ad services to impersonate brands for the purpose of luring users to malicious websites. And actually, just recently, Uh, It was reported that a new fraudulent online ad campaign was using Google ads on an adult website or on adult websites, and that may have made their operators hundreds of thousands of dollars per month, so it certainly seems to be lucrative. These sites apparently look identical to the impersonated business's official website uh, page, which entices victims to download malware or enter logging credentials and financial information, just like your phishing would, would do. The FBI noted that In particular, it's being used to impersonate websites involved in finances, particularly cyber uh, cryptocurrency exchange platforms, which, of course, that's kind of a Wild West up and down field right now. Three things the FBI suggests for recommendations. Check the URL for typos before clicking on an advertisement to ensure it's legitimate. Even better yet, type the business's URL into an internet browser's address bar to access the official website. Then... Rather be via, via a search engine, and use ad-blocking extension when performing internet searches. From cybersecurity news, the Vice ransomware group uses custom ransomware with new encryption algorithms. This, according to security analysts at Sentinel One Security, they have recently identified that the Vice Society ransomware gang has switched to a custom ransomware which is dubbed Policy or Polyvice, excuse me. There are two algorithms that are used by this custom ransomware in order to implement a robust encryption system, including NTRU Encrypt and ChaCha20-Poly1305. It goes on that this may be a split version of Hello Kitty ransomware, which I had not heard about that. I imagine that somewhere somebody has produced like a flowchart of how ransomware evolves and what parts are involved with other parts. That'd be pretty fascinating to take a look at. Windows and Linux systems are the most commonly targeted by this malware, with a minor- majority of the victims belonging to small and medium-sized companies. If you want to learn more about Policy Vice, there's some additional details within the article. Check the link. From the Hacker News, the pay per install or PPI malware downloader service known as Private Loader is now being used to distribute a previously documented information stealing malware dubbed Rise Pro. This is first I've been identified on December 13th, 2022 by Flashpoint. And as the name seems to indicate, the Private Loader is a download service that enables its subscribers to deliver malicious payload loads to target hosts. It has been used in the past to, le- to deliver Vidar Steeler, Redline Stealer, Amade, DanaBot, and NetDuca, among others, and while masquerading as pirated software hosted on decoy sites or compromised WordPress portals that appear prominently on search results. There's more information in the article about this, including one of the things that the networking side of me really loves, a snapshot of a trace from Wireshark. Gotta love it. On the wire, that's the way you can see what's going on. And then finally... The story that has been around in the information security circles heavily for the past week, and that is, of course, LastPass. Talking about the LastPass breach, this article comes from MSN, but you can pretty much find a lot of this information anywhere. Uh, It goes through a little bit of a history first about what happened in the data breach. Uh, In August 2022, LastPass announced that criminals had used a compromised developer account to access the dev environment, source code, and technical information. We talked about that here. Further details were released in November when LastPass added that some customer data had been disclosed. They didn't say exactly what. We also talked about that here. But last week on December 22nd, a LastPass LastPass blog post, which I will link in the show notes, noted that criminals had used some of the information obtained in the earlier attack to steal backup data, including customer names, addresses, phone numbers, email addresses, IP addresses, and partial credit numbers. That's bad enough, but here's the kicker. Additionally, they managed to steal password vaults containing information as far as accounts and all of that. So you know how LastPass generally works. You have a master password that LastPass does not know about, only you have it, and that encrypts your vault, and your vault is basically the list of your accounts and passwords. Now, the vault, apparently, the some things are, are unencrypted within there, such as the URLs, so just from if they're able to decrypt... Um, or, or just look at your vault, and they'll be able to see some sort of a pattern of what sites you go to. I'm not really sure exactly how in depth this is. It's certainly enough to be concerning, but the real concerning part comes down to the password. and And the article does note that if you're following LastPass's um, uh, recommendations, uh, you would have a strong password. We'll talk a little bit more about that in a moment, as well as. One thing in this article that I agree and disagree with at the end is take responsibility for your own security. It's easy to blame LastPass for the data breaches, which saw your password vaults and personal data fall into the hands of criminals. But password management services that secure your life and help you generate unique combos is still the best way to secure your online life. I agree with that. What I don't agree with is that you can run a password manager on your own hardware it's cheap easy to do and some solutions like vault warden even can be deployed on raspberry pi zero that's probably not something that's going to work in the mainstream most folks don't know what raspberry pi is i'll have a few more thoughts about this in just a moment There's a lot of FUD, fear, uncertainty, and doubt, going around in the information security and cybersecurity circles with relation to LastPass. And unfortunately, where you have FUD, you obscure some necessary risk information, information that you need to have in order to make a risk-informed decision. So let's just talk about that for a minute. LastPass recommends that you have a complex 12-character password at minimum. So let's assume that that means that you're using upper and lowercase letters, symbols, and numbers. Now, according to one of those popular charts that are out there that gives you an idea, I think this one is from Hive, that gives you an idea of how long it would take with current technology to brute force that. It would take someone 34,000 years. So it's not as if the password vault is easily Decryptable, if you're following the minimum requirements, the minimum amount of flair, if you want to go back to a to a terminology from the classic movie, Office Space. If you were using more flair, of course, it becomes a little bit more. For example, 14, if you used 14 character instead of 12, it increases the brute force to 200 million years. It's not likely going to be something that can be done anytime soon, even with light speed advances in quantum computing. But it should cause you to think about a couple of things. We always talk about layered security. Layered security is very important. One of the basic tenets that I talk about for using any password manager is make sure that it is multi-factor protected. And by doing that, if someone has your master password, it's difficult for them to log on and then see all of your other passwords now unfortunately that apparently would not have helped in this instance but just because it wouldn't have helped in one instance doesn't mean that it is not a valid mitigation strategy it's also a valid mitigation strategy that you use multi-factor wherever and however you can for all of your accounts you should be doing that by now particularly for your high risk ones like email and finance and places where you have other critical information healthcare. And that's something that if you had done this, you would have mitigated your risk even more. And that means that that even if they got your password, say, to your banking site, they still can't log in. Not without doing some other social engineering and some other work in order to try to trick you. And we've talked about before, like through uh, multi-factor fatigue, constantly sending you um, um, requests to log in. So that's one point kind of all over the place here, but one of the outcroppings from this is that you might start to see some, some multi-factor authentication requests more often that you didn't see before. Just don't give in to that. Just keep a solid mindset with regards to this. And yes, certainly change those passwords. If you haven't changed, first of all, your pass password, if you're a user, I recommend you do, uh, you should do more than the bare minimum without being ridiculous, you obviously should never use your last pass, pass or your password manager password anywhere else. In fact, it's it's a good thing to not reuse passwords, at least on critical accounts. I, I really don't have an issue if you're reusing a password on some uh, low, low, low risk accounts that if it got compromised and they got into other low, low risk accounts, the risk is minimal, but there's still risk there because the more that an attacker can see what sites you go to and what you can do through it, the um, better they can social engineer. So that's point number two. Look for other social engineering um, increases and possibly based on on your, um, your URLs that if you're a LastPass user, you were within there. And this doesn't just apply to LastPass. Any, any password manager you should be going through, looking at what you have in there and cleaning out things that you don't need, making sure that you decommission accounts. I will admit that I am not good at that, that I probably have some accounts out there that I have not done anything with in years. They were like a one-off, like to say subscribe to a newspaper. That's not proper hygiene. And now we're in a particular state of the world today that we have to be very much more intentional about our cyber hydri- hygiene, even more so than just a couple of years ago. So the sky's not falling, but be concerned about it, whether you're a LastPass user or not. Change your habits, increase them if, if you can, use multi-factor, and just, just be smart about it. And that's it for today. We won't have an episode tomorrow. We have a little bit of a scheduling conflict. So that episode will be recorded and released as a special in January. On Wednesday, we have our end of our last end of month special for the year. This is with Michelle Drolet. She is the CEO and founder of Towerwall in Massachusetts. They provide information security, risk management, and virtual CISO services consulting. And then on Friday, With our wrap-up, the last wrap-up of the year, I plan to have a few predictions of my own. I know I've been talking about predictions, but I've got a couple of my own. We'll see if they come true. Until then, stay secure.